to Empowering Family Caregiver Show on Block Talk Radio. I'm Meghna Giridhar, your host for today's show, sponsored by eCareDiary.com. February is Low Vision Awareness Month, and today we will discuss ways to prevent vision problems in seniors. Our guest today is Dr. Neil Schneider, founder and head teacher of the School for self Healing. His school satisfies the continuing education requirements of the American Massage Therapy Association and the California Board of Registered Nursing, among others. Born blind, he taught himself to see and over 40 years developed the pioneering program of healing and recovery for the sighted and the blind. Dr. Schneider, thank you so much for joining us this afternoon. I feel honored to be on your show. And, uh, you know, I'm starting to be a senior myself, and I see uh, all kinds of problems that are completely preventable that so many seniors uh, have and so many people in the population are having. Mm-hmm. I want to begin by talking to you about why good circulation, you know, is a preventive for most blinding diseases for seniors. I was reading about this and I was quite surprised. Can you discuss a little bit about this issue? Right. So let me give you a few examples. Um, the greatest form of um, blindness these days in the whole world is what we call wet macular degeneration. Macular degeneration, for people to understand, is when the central part of your vision disappears. So you cannot read uh, unless the letters are very huge from a near distance. Uh, If somebody has the macula really degenerated, you cannot really see if you, look, if you look at someone's face, all of a sudden you don't see the central part. You don't see the nose and other areas. So it can escalate to, to have that. And the wet macular degeneration is the worst kind because uh, with the wet macular degeneration, uh, you can lose a lot of vision very quickly because of bleeding. Now, what happens there? Uh, what happens there is that... Um, uh, is that there is a, uh, uh, there is a tendency for the blood to not come to the macula, and then uh, the body grows capillaries that are not perfect, so they leak, and the fact that they leak leads to flooding of the cells and kills them. This is one out of many many examples. Another example, of course is glaucoma. Everybody thinks glaucoma is simply uh, destruction of the optic nerve because of poor, uh, because of high pressure in the eye. But truly, glaucoma is uh, also poor blood flow to the optic nerve and poor blood flow to the eye that could cause, in the first place, that situation. And just yesterday, I worked with a senior person, and her glaucoma was really a a result of very stiff neck and tight head. And so, basically, most of blinding conditions um, are a a result of poor blood flow in the whole system, but there are more reasons for it. Uh, Some of the reasons is poor use of the eyes, and other reasons is poor blood flow altogether. That's why we should never, ever 
dismiss and say, oh, I just have a stiff neck. If you have a stiff neck, you have to work on loosening it up. Or my jaw is tight and it's just a separate condition. Eventually, it leads to less blood flow to the head. And I must say, many people's scalp becomes very, very tight. And all of that definitely affects the vision with time. So that is uh, the truth, and this is that uh, most blinding conditions come from poor blood flow to the optic nerve, to the brain, and uh, to the eyes. And, of course, there are many visual strokes, you know, where all of a sudden a person wakes up and part of the visual system disappears, which, by the way, can be recovered against uh, the viewpoint of ophthalmologists. We can bring back a lot of... Uh, vision with light therapy, but uh, uh, the the problem with with that again is poor blood flow. That's why we really have to work a lot on our blood flow, including doing self massage, uh, including walking, and including stretching and moving many many times during the day, not only during exercises, to prevent the blood from uh, being stagnant. Stagnation is one of the worst things that can happen to us. Do you believe that there are certain things that can be done when you're younger to, you know, when it comes to nearsightedness and, you know, farsightedness, when you first get your prescription glasses, is there something that can be done at that stage to avoid problems when you get older? Absolutely. And let me go just a little bit to the young age. You know, you could be a young teenager in school who is either tired of school, all of a sudden falls in love and doesn't think about anything that he or she sees. And um, you don't see the board well. They send you to the nurse and the nurse tells you to go to the eye doctor and immediately they prescribe for you glasses. You know, it's very interesting. They say that if you go to an optometrist, 50% of the time, there's a chance you'll get glasses. If you go to an ophthalmologist, 15% of the time, there's a chance you can get glasses. And if you go to a, a, a vision therapist or uh, this day they call them behavioral optometrists, there's a chance of 5% that you'll get glasses. Here's the truth that when you start to be diagnosed as having nearsightedness, most of the time it's a temporary condition that is being fixed with the glasses that you wear. Just like if you have weak legs, you have one of two choices. Either exercise, like go and do some water therapy, exercise in a pool, um, do some walking, do specific exercise for the legs, or uh, get a cane. No, normally when you get a cane, the leg becomes even weaker, and with time you'll get crutches. So what happens is once you wear glasses and you continue to wear them throughout life, and, uh, you know, every case is different, but that's what happened in the majority of the cases, the eyes become weaker and weaker and weaker throughout life. And these days, and I, uh, with your permission, I want to go a little bit to the youth. People are using mm -hmm. smartphones. They use computers. And uh, the, the computers are becoming smaller and smaller. They become more and more tablets. And the result of all that use uh, 
is that um, is that uh, the the periphery almost disappears from our uh, from our field. I remember once standing near a nice woman who was uh, looking at her screen on the phone. I stood like a few inches from her, and when she finished, I asked her, "Did you notice me?" And she said, "No." Well, just think what would have been in the jungle if we would not notice our periphery. We would be eaten within a day or two. So the periphery was there to protect us for many, many years, and we forget it exists. That's one of the reasons for glaucoma with time. So what I want to say is that most of the problems that seniors right now are experiencing, uh, glaucoma, cataract, macular degeneration, many others, I predict that people in their 30s will experience within the next 15 to 20 years. And then if mm-hmm. nothing is going to be done, and that's one of the reasons I'm grateful for this show, and nothing is being done by the medical profession at this point, so if nothing is going to be done, I expect people in their 20s to have the same symptoms that senior people have these days. And it's very unfortunate because all of that is preventable. I'm not saying mm-hmm. that we should return to the jungles. I mean, people these days are reading. People are looking at uh, computers. But then we should actually uh, do something about it. For example, uh, look at the distance as a way of relieving the eyes from looking so much from near. For example, mm-hmm. wave our hands to the side while looking forward so we know there is a periphery. For example, resting the eyes like rubbing our hands and putting the hands very gently around the eye orbits, visualizing no color or the color black, and letting the optic nerve rest. There's a lot that we can do to rest from what we're doing, just like there's a lot that we can do to prevent having back pain and arthritis with stretches and with Mm -hmm. movement, which we should do more of. We can do a lot to prevent most of the eye problems that exist. You know, uh, there is very less less information about what should be done after medical treatment is completed, say, for vision problems. There's a lot of information on what steps to take uh, and, you know, what should you do when the doctor diagnoses you. And, you know, however, when the medical treatment is done and the patient goes back home, um, a lot of the times we've, we've received questions from our audience members saying, now we don't know what to do. Is there a way... Uh, is there something that we're supposed to do on a daily basis? This is apart from taking prescribed medications. What would you suggest are important? Now, you know, it's uh, interesting. Yes. If somebody broke a bone, okay, mm-hmm. then uh, you would go to an orthopedist that will set that bone. And then after the bone is being set, you will go to 10 sessions of physical therapy. And if mm-hmm. you talk to friends, you will start to do a lot of exercises to strengthen your legs. Now, I have my critique of physical therapy, but I'm happy it exists. When it comes into the eyes, let's say that you had cataract, which is opacity of the lens, which, by the way, I think is completely preventable in most cases. So if you have cataract, there's only one thing that doctors will do. They will remove your lens. And then after removing your lens, they will give you uh, an implant. It used to be uh, uh, through the centuries that they gave you cataract glasses, but then in the 70s they gave you contact lenses, and then as of the late 70s and beginning 80s, they gave you implants. 
And it used to be that they did it correctly. They gave you an implant with which you would see with both eyes at a distance and with glasses you would read because you didn't have the muscles of the lens that would make it more round like a magnifying lens when you read and more flat when you look at a distance. And then they put glasses with which you would see medium distance so you would have to wear glasses from far and from near and it was all good. Now to make the consumer happy, with one eye you read, with one eye you look at a distance. And the key word for health is balance. It's so unhealthy for the eyes and for the whole visual system, which includes the brain, to get one eye to look from far and one from near. And eventually it leads to tremendous destruction of the visual system and its decay. So the first thing that I want everybody to know is that they should never allow doctors to operate them and to give them different functions with different eyes. The eyes should work together. The legs should work together. The arms should work together. That's one thing that I'm thinking about, which is so important for the body. But then the other thing is they simply send them home, and then they come and visit the doctor once a year to see if anything wrong is happening. Well, a lot wrong can happen from any surgery because it weakens the body. So if you remove the lens and you don't have a lens, you just have optic instead, of course there's weakening of the eye. And then very naturally glaucoma can come, which is leading to, to pressure and to destruction of the optic nerve. Uh, very easily uh, retinal detachment can come from it. And yesterday I just was working with a lady who had retinal detachment as a result of nearsightedness that wasn't taken care of. You know, the eyeball became longer and longer. She was nearsighted from a young age. And then they, they, uh, there was a detachment, so they put a buckle. They helped with the detachment. But what they did is they made one eye read and one eye look at a distance. Well, the problem with that is then she got glaucoma. And uh, she had the loss of her, of her field of vision. And that is the exact thing. When she discovered me, she improved her vision, and she's working on getting back some of the field that she lost. But don't people think that they need to exercise to strengthen themselves? So basically, if you're being sent home with uh, a major procedure which is done to your eyes, like a surgery uh, to increase the canal that drains the fluid near the nose, um, they remove, they call it the trochlear mash, they remove that. Or a surgery to reattach your retina after it's detached. Or a surgery to remove your lens. Or uh, injections to stop the bleeding by destroying some of the capillaries in your central vision. You need to exercise. You need to bring more blood to the visual system. You need to create balanced use of the eyes. That's why in my books, Vision for Life and Awakening Your Power of Self-Healing, I'm talking about the nine principles of natural vision improvement, which is, first of all, deep relaxation of the eyes, without which they cannot improve. And we have a nice exercise called palming, where we rub the hands and put the hands around the eye orbits. Then adjustment to different light amplitude and frequencies, adjusting to the dark of the night. I really oppose light in the hall. I think the night should be dark as long as we know our way to the bathroom and we don't have an accident, we don't hit a wall or something. 
But if we know our mm-hmm. way to the bathroom in the middle of the night, it's really good to have a dark night. That's why you don't heal that easily in hospital where it's hardly ever dark. It's just always lights in order to make sure that there's good security, that nobody falls, that the uh, workers see everything. But the eyes need dark at night. Also, it's good to walk in a night full of stars when the summer will come back east. It's going to be very nice uh, to walk mm-hmm. uh, in the country if it's a safe place without flashlight to wake up many retinal cells that don't wake up at night. At the same time, it's very important to adjust to the sun. Now I'll tell you something very controversial. I oppose sunglasses. I mean, I have no problem with you wearing sunglasses when you drive to a sunrise or to a sunset, or if you're in the snow or if there's great glare. But most of the time, people should not be wearing sunglasses. The pupils should shrink all the way. The retina should be stimulated by the sun. And so um, we need to adjust to the light of the sun. We also need to look at the distance, and that saves us from cataract surgeries because the lens of of modern person hardly ever looks at a distance. We look so much from near. So 20 minutes a day, mm-hmm. consciously, we should, we should look at a distance. Uh, and then there are uh, quite a few more principles if you want to talk about them. Um, unfortunately, we have only time for this much, but I feel like what you've shared is, has, pun intended, been eye-opening for a lot of our listeners today because we've received uh, a lot of questions on this and I feel you've addressed most of them. So thank you so much. Um, I do want to share your website URL with our listeners for more resources, more tips, and a lot more information on the topic. Uh, Dr. Schneider's website is www.self-healing.org. I'd like to thank our audience for tuning in today. Tune into our next show, which is next Tuesday, Feb 12th. It's our Caregiver Speak radio show with caregiving expert Margie Pap Steinmetz. To learn more about eCare Diary and our upcoming shows, visit our website. Registration is free and gives you immediate access to your personal care diary tool. You can find us on Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter. My Twitter address is eCare <coughs> underscore diary. Thank you once again, Dr. Schneider. Have a wonderful rest of your day. Thank you so, so much. Wherever you go... 